Right, are you guys ready? I need to get started because last week um, I was busy. We just look to the person next to you and tell them or say to them, what do you see? Well, and don't look at the flesh now. Now I, wanna, I want you to turn again to them now because some had a, a bad morning. Uh, obviously, we had some load shedding. Um, that's why our blow wave dryers and stuff weren't working and the lights weren't really that good. So look at them again and, t- and ask them, what do you see? But this time, I want you to look in the spirit realm. Look into that person's spirit because you know what? Flesh is just a bodysuit. What do you see? Do you maybe... See a powerful warrior? Do you maybe see a light in that person shining? I think sometimes that light gets a bit duller the more we stay on this earth. I thought, you know, life would get easier the older you get, but I think with wisdom and with gray hair and hair falling out, you start to realize, well, there's a bit of more challenges in life than just surviving each day, you know. So last week I spoke a little about moving forward, and I spoke about moving in a godly direction. And apart from just moving in a godly direction, here's one of your favorite topics that I know you want me to preach for every Sunday when I come back preaching again, is speak about God's timing. Isn't that wonderful? We all understand that topic so well, God's timing. Sure. But what I, if you can still remember, I said there was a purpose in God's timing. And this morning, I want to say to you, don't mess with God's timing, because we need to allow what is happening, what is manifesting in the spiritual realm to come down on earth. Let it manifest here. You'll always find while fighting for the things that you you are fighting for, things doesn't happen, and it, it wears you down. You get tired. And it's all in vain, because God's timing isn't... His hand is not in that timing or in that position you are yet. So rather instead of wearing yourself out, start getting excited. I spoke to some of you guys. I said, listen, we need our volunteers to come back serving again. We had 120, 140 guys. Where are you all? It's time. You've, you've, you've entered that rest season. Now it's time to come back and work again. Well, work doesn't sound that nice. Can I ask you this? Come serve with us again. I really, church, I really feel in my heart that the time is now where generations need to be changed again. It feels for me like, you know, we, had, we have such amazing leaders and pastors in our churches, but don't let them do all the work. It's time for me and you to really start stepping into that purpose and destiny that God has for us. And you know, when you start stepping into that, there's really actually fulfillment in it. I might come back uh, from work every day and felt like, listen, I've accomplished something. And it's nice, and it should be like that. But my heart really fills. My passion is serving Christ the way He wants me to serve Christ. And when I get to that stage, I tell her I can work for another day. I can work for another day. And that's where I'm going at. It's really for you to understand that passion and God's direction that he has placed in your life, that calling. And I know some of you are sitting here and say, listen, I don't have a calling. I want to say to you, my brother and sister, you are so wrong because God created you for something, for a purpose. God didn't just create people to fill the earth. Sorry. 
we are here for a purpose. So I spoke also a little bit about having a clear vision and mission in your life and how you can, if you have a clear vision and mission, suddenly start to see the progress that you are obtaining in life. Isn't that wonderful to say, wow, I'm walking a little bit deeper into the Word. I get a little bit better understanding of the Word. Wow, the Holy Spirit is using me in a powerful way today. I minister to someone, and I didn't wake up. God doesn't plan things. He plans it, but He doesn't tell you always. How amazing is, you know, yesterday our outreach team went out. Um, apart from weather, they, they, they had two salvations and a few other people that said they're going to be here this, today in this church. And you know what? God directed him to each and every person. Us, I tell you, that person that was there on the street that gave their hearts to the life, it was no accident. In the spirit, it was a divine appointment to receive that word. Amen. We never know what's going on the outside, but God knows. Amen. You know, when I, so this is my first time doing two Sunday services after. And I, I told Pastor Larry with confidence when he asked me, I said, hey, Pastor Larry, you know what? You can take off another Sunday. I can do two Sundays in a row. And I must say, last I enjoyed so much uh, my message last week. And praise the Holy Spirit because he really just, um, I couldn't get through my notes because uh, I was just doing the talking and he was ministering through me. And how amazing was that? And I remembered my first service. Now, I tell you, if you weren't here, it was excruciating, not even for me, but even the congregation. I felt so sorry, and I, th- I said, Lord, if it ever needs to be like that again, I don't want to be on this stage. It's definitely not my calling. I'm not supposed to be here. I couldn't hold this mic. It was like this. I, I promise you, I'm surely there were a few people that wanted to stand up and just say, listen, buddy, get a stand or something. I refused at later stages to do, I'll do the communion, but I refused to take the cup because it would spill before it would even get to me. But here's the thing, I never stopped. It was not very dignified of me standing here with a mic and flipping all over, but the thing was this, if God really wanted me here, he'll, he'll keep me here. And, and I want to say to you also, it's so easy to look at what other people are saying and doing about you to stop you from being the real you that you, that you can be. Amen? So, moving forward from that is, I think here's my thing is, I, I really want God to, to bless you. And here's my thing. I think no one here would say, I don't want God to bless me. I also want to say to you, you know what? God gives you victory. He opens doors. And God closes doors for you, and I'll call that closing doors protection. Because so many times I've realized I've seen that the door is closing, and I was frustrated. Why did it close? Only to find out a few months later why that really happened. And the only thing that I could see out of it was God's love for me and protecting me. Amen? Don't mess with God's timing. So this morning, I've got a a little bit of a different message on my heart, and... uh, you know, in Matthew 18, verse 18, I finished off with the scripture last week. It says, truly, I tell you. So it says here, hey, believe this, if I could put it in my own language. Whatever you bind on earth will be bound in heaven. And whatever you loosen on earth will be loosed in heaven. I think we struggle every day with this scripture. Because out of nature, out of our fleshly nature, we bind so many things. 
But when you step into the spiritual side of really who you are, and you start loosening things, things really start to happen. I've seen drug addicts like this being released. I've seen people with forgiveness issues like this released. Never to come back for medication again. Never again coming back for consultation. Just like that, God changed them. I love this, the next verse, and it says, Again, truly, I tell you, that if two of you on earth agree about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. You know, one thing that we so easily forget is, yes, you are a spirit man. But we always need to be united. We need to be yoked with someone. God made Adam, and then he made Eve. But there was always a connection for them. If you are a husband and a wife today, you are connected. And what it tells me is, you know, when there's unity, not even the connection, when there's unity between a man and a wife, oh, wow, then you've got a powerful couple. Then you've got a couple that can speak to the enemy and tell him, listen, this is what my God says. I'm loosening heaven right now on earth. I'm standing in unity. The enemy tries, you know, nowadays I can see so many people where the enemy is trying to just pull families apart. And it's our, by grace of God, we need to love people more. We need to step that up. We need to start seeing, not that man that's hurting you or that woman that's hurting or said something hurtful, but identify that spirit and pray into that. Say, Lord, there's something amazing that you've created in that person. How can I be a part of that? You know, I think I want us, one of my greatest things every morning is, Lord, fill me today with your presence. Surround me with your love. Protect me, guide me, lead me. And it's almost like a recitation. And I try every morning not to just say it because for the sake of saying it. Because I really want God to touch me. I really want God to move me in the right way. Are you still doing that this morning, church? Because I promise you, when you start being bold in confidence about Christ Jesus in you, things start to change, really start to change. You know, I think we should start like a, a national uh, holiday, but it won't be a holiday. I was thinking this morning of driving here, can't we just do instead of Wacky Wednesdays and this day or that type of day, do uh, throw your mountain in the sea day? Can you imagine how lucky that will be for us? Standing there on the beach and saying, Woo, look at that big one going into the sea. Watch that one. Why? Because we still can. The word says we can do that. Here's my thing it will only need one mountain to fall in that sea before the others would start to follow. You hear what I'm trying to say here? Can we maybe start to begin that new generation where signs and miracles start happening more? It's not that it's not happening, but what's the problem? It can be more. We need to see lives change. I see that change. I see when people start walking in that perfect will of God. And I tell you, these people are on fire. They're stable. They have a purpose. And you know what? When you are stable, God can use you. As simple as that. Does it make sense what I'm trying to say this morning? So, 
if we go into our, my first scripture, it's in 2 Corinthians 3 verses 18. Just look to the person and tell them, I still see you. Now it says here, and we all, so it's me and, me and you included, with unveiled face continually seeing as in a mirror the glory of the Lord. And are progressively being transformed into his image, into God's image, from one degree of glory to even more glory, which comes from the Lord, who is the Spirit. That's a mouthful. Even for me, that's um, English, uh, Afrikaans. I just want to say, I'm part of the 44 guys that are speaking Afrikaans here. I really felt special because it's like, like we're a dying race out here. I had to throw that in there, sorry. <laughs> you know, when reading the scripture, it was speaking about Moses. You know, when Moses was, um, he was in the Old Testament, it, was the, it wasn't my uncle, it wasn't your uncle, he was in the Old Testament. So after Moses came down, there was this amazing glory that shined through him or fold him. And the people could see that glory. And obviously, as he grew older, took more strain, that glory started to, uh, I can't say deteriorate, but it, it wasn't shining that brightly anymore. So what he did was he started putting a veil over his head so the people wouldn't notice that the glory is not shining in him anymore. Or very little. Or least, sorry, I'm English not correct right now with my... With my words. But here's the thing. People aren't stupid. We see things that people think we don't see. But here's my thing is, you know, when I wrote this specific piece, it was quite late at night, and I, I wrote there, when was the last time that you looked in the mirror? Well, that was for me now. It was like only early in the morning. You know, when you're a guy, you only look into the mirror in the morning? Twice, actually. When you wake up, and you're like, okay, I need to fix this. And then you do, and then you finish. Ladies, a little bit different, I presume. I know how it goes in our house. But anyway, but I can promise, I can promise you that I've never s- seen or felt like there's a piece of God's glory in me. This is, this is my message this morning, to bring it down to earth. When was the last time we know that Jesus lives inside us? We know that we've got the power and the mighty, almighty power of the Holy Spirit working in us. But when was the last time that you really realized that there's a peace of God in you? Can, can I make you feel special this morning? I, I, I want to say to you again, you're like a masterpiece. I can put it in a, in, in a setting of a painting. You've been framed. You've been painted already. There's still a few final touches that God the Father wants to do in your life. But you're already a product of His glory. I want to say, you know, that famous signature on, on that painting at the bottom that, that really goes for money. You know, when you buy a painting, it's always about the signature. Not really what's happening on there. It's about the signature. That signature on you has been signed by the blood of Christ Jesus. You belong to someone already. And here's my thing. For us to really realize individually who we are is we need to know that there's a piece of God in you. I spoke last week about there's there's a purpose. God never makes something without using that. And that piece of glory of God is in you to shine. It says here in my... um, 
No, I'm running ahead of myself. So I want you this morning, just look to the person next to you and just tell them, listen, I'm receiving that glory that God has given me. I'm taking it by force. I'm going to be transformed from one degree of glory to the, ne- to the other. And I declare it that I'm receiving it. And here's my thing. Take hold of your calling this morning. Even if you don't see it, recognize it at least and know that there's a peace of God. So it says here in 1 Colossians 1.27, it says, To them, God will to make known. Sorry, I just want to read it from there. To them, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of this mystery, which is Christ in you, the hope of glory. So when Paul was writing this letter, he was actually to them, he was speaking to the saints, nowadays to the believers. And it says here, God willed to make known. He wanted to reveal, he wanted to put some light on this. What are the riches of the glory of his mystery among the Gentiles? Now in that setting, he was actually speaking to the saints, saying, listen, you guys need to touch the unbelievers, the Gentiles there. But it also includes me, you, and everyone. And here's the thing. If you've been saved, you've already got Christ in you. You already have that hope and that glory inside of you. So here's my thing. Revealing God's glory should be your goal in life. There's no greater purpose in life to manifest your personal glory. You know, if you look at our main screen here, I was thinking of an illustration or a nice picture or a nice clip Revealing God's glory. Because here's the thing. Everything God created, he made with glory. Every living thing from an insect to a beautiful landscape, it reveals a piece of God's glory. And I was wondering, you know, some of us are nature addicts. Some of us are insect addicts. Some of us, well, I'm definitely not. But whatever the case may be, I love watching at the, at the stars. I love watching, you know, sunsets. I don't know what, what fancies you. So I was thinking, what can I use? And suddenly, I remembered, me and my, uh, the whole family, we were catching a bit of fish next to the Vol River. And boy, I tell you, the boys had so much fun. We were catching barbel and this and that. And they were just laughing, you know, at the sizes. And everyone, every now and again when they... Uh, catch one, it gets bigger. So you can just check, like, these guys are going for whales now, uh, the size of fishing. And, and that, it was so nice. And it started to get a bit late, and I said, okay, one more, then we're done. And it's like, Dad, please. I said, okay, one more, then we're done. So we did catch and release. So luckily, we didn't have to carry them back home or anything. But they had so much fun. And eventually, before we knew it, it started to get dark. Now, our vehicle was quite a few meters away from that. Luckily, I had my phone with me, and I was like, okay, now we need to be careful because, I, you know, when the kids play, it's like hooks everywhere on the floor, and we need to pick it up and make sure you're not standing in anything. And I was like, oh, we should have we should have packed up earlier while it was still a bit of sunset. And I tried to get my phone. It was almost flat, and I put my fla- flashlight on to start picking up the stuff and, you know, rearranging, tidying up. And suddenly, this firefly, out of nowhere, just appeared. And it was so, so amazing. Now, with all the laughs and, you know, all the noise the kids make, suddenly, everyone was stilled and awed looking at this firefly. 
And then eventually, it's like 10 or 20 starting to come around. And we just stood there amazed. And I thought, wow, God really created this. And how amazing is this firefly just going by? It's probably, oh, I hope you guys leave soon because I need my bush back or something like that, you know. But how amazing was it just to see that small piece of creation? So amazing. And we so easily forget about things. You know what? We live in a rush world. But when do we really stop and sit back and just enjoy a little bit of this amazing country and world God has given us? My wife, she complains so many times. We're living right on the beach. Well, not on the beach, but we're living on the south coast. And I can't tell her when the last time I went to the beach. And I love it there. But I just don't have the time sometimes. But it's time that we should start appreciating small things like that again and really start seeing from another dimension how how great your God and your maker is. Amen. I actually thought about fireflies. You know, if God planted some of those things on our behinds and stuff, can you imagine how nice that would be on a Sunday morning? It's like, ooh, I see that glory and I see that glory. And I was like, no, can't use that. Well, I said it now. It's too late now. Anyway. Hey, Pastor Larry, it's too much glory. We can't see the projectors. Sorry, I'm not making fun of anyone. It's just, I, I, I told you I had a crazy imagination. So, yeah, that's, that's when it goes, goes on. So, four things I'd like to just bring under your attention. So, all creation exists to manifest the glory of God. And not just only humans. Paul referred to the glory of all things when he wrote in 1 Corinthians 15, verses 40 to 45. Sorry, I just need to have this up. 1 Corinthians 15, 40 to 45. And it says there, There are also celestial bodies and terrestrial bodies, but the glory of the celestial is one and the glory of the terrestrial is another. There is one glory of the sun, another glory of the moon, and another glory of the stars. For one stars differ from another star in glory. So also, in the resurrection of the dead, the body is sown in corruption, but it's raised in incorruption. It is sown in dishonor, but it's raised in glory. It is sown in weakness, but it's raised in power. It is sown a natural body, it is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, gave a living being. The last, Adam, gave a life-giving spirit. That's Jesus. Life-giving spirit. So the second thing I want to say is, the greatest and ultimate display of God's glory on earth was in the person of His Son, Jesus Christ. The Apostle John wrote, and it says here in 1 John, uh, John 1, 14, the second part of it. It says, we have seen his glory, the glory of the one and only who came from the Father, full of grace and truth. Through Jesus and through his presence in the church, God's glory is indeed filling the earth. You know, the, the word glory in the Hebrew word is uh, called kabot. And it carries the weight, it carries the, carries the meaning of, listen to this, fullness or full weight. But 
It also refers to a visible, 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 visible manifestation, direct, directly related to God's self-disclosure and His intent to dwell among men. But listen to this: what this word also means. It says here, it describes such concepts as full weight, true nature, true nature, full essence, and I love this last one. True reality. You know, when you look at God's creation, the animals, like a bird, it's its true reality. A bird doesn't become a dog or a cat. It lives in that true reality, that true essence of it is. And I love how... um, I lost. See, here's the thing. We were created to manifest the... Uh, they, birds, every living animal were created to manifest their glory. I think what we sometimes forget is that the full nature of a creature and its glory is already present when it is created. It was already there. God made it for a purpose. But here's the thing. All it takes is nourishment, growth, the right environment for that creature to really display fully display its glory. The third one I want to say is God was pleased when he, when glory is seen. In Genesis 1.31 it says, all that God has made, it was very good. The fourth one is, God created man and the, as the ultimate exposure of his glory. So God's purpose in creating the human race was that we could live in fellowship with him. First and foremost, think about this. If God created all the lower ranks, all the creatures were designed to display God's glory, how much more are me and you, or you and I, created to be that masterpiece in His glory? Amen? But here's the thing. And what I love about it, you know, God said, let us make man in our image. Now, if you look deeper in these words, it says, some uh, translations would say, in our likeness. Now, the Hebrew word, tzalem, is used, which means likeness, resemblance, or representation. We get it sometimes wrong because since God is a spirit and man is flesh, our likeness to him is not in the physical resemblance, but rather in our spiritual, intellectual, and moral likeness to God. That's where we get connected with God. Not through the flesh, but through the Spirit. Does it make sense what I'm trying to say to you? I'm almost done. However, here's the thing. Sin distorted God's image and hidden away under a lot of junk God's glory. So when I spoke about earlier, as you know, Every living thing needs a proper environment to live in, to flourish in, to display that glory. You can have the most beautiful bird and it can fly forever. But when you restrict it and when you put it into a cage, there's a part of that bird's or creature's glory that you are taking away. And guess what? The enemy tried to do exactly the same thing with us. He tried to take us out of the presence of God. I love when you read in Genesis, you know, Adam and Eve, as they was walking in the Garden of Eden, they 
they said they heard God. So it tells me he knew, they knew him so well. He didn't have to shout or knock on a door and say, Hey, Adam, Eve, where are you? They knew him just by the way he moved. So, oh, yeah, God is coming. Wouldn't that be amazing when we start to operate more in that power of the Holy Spirit and say, Lord, I can sense you are here right now. I can sense that whatever problem, whatever I'm facing right now, that you are busy sorting that out for me. Lord, I'm tired. I can't do this right now, but I know that you are not tired, that you can carry on, that my breakthrough is on the way, that I can stand and declare victory right now in Jesus' mighty name. Whatever healing I'm trusting for, God, that it's already there. I'm going to stand and I'm going to walk forward. I'm not going to look to the left. I'm not going to look to the right. I'm not going to look at the things that I did wrong in this last day or even in this last hour or 10 minutes, but I'm going to look at the perfect blood of Christ Jesus. And by the stripes of him, I call myself healed. Amen. Can we start walking in the spirit a bit? So sin sabotaged two very important things. He sabotaged our environment, and he sabotaged our relationship. You need, Adam and Eve needed an environment where they were surrounded by the presence of God, if you think about it. And God pr- created that place. It was called Eden. Eden represented a state of pure, complete, and unbroken fellowship between God and man. So God's original purpose for Eden, and that's just my words, was for Eden to be duplicated throughout the rest of the world. But only in his presence could could they fully expose their glory. Only in his presence could his glory shine through them. You know, there's a difference between the presence of God and the glory of God. The presence of God is the active manifestation of God that fills the environment. But here's the thing. Although it's very real, but still invincible, the glory of God is actual and an observable thing. So since made it impossible for us to accomplish our purpose because it separated us from God's presence. Would you guys just mind if I have five extra minutes? I just want to round this up, and I'm, I'm, I'm uh, rushing now again, and I, can, I, I don't like it. So here's my thing. Satan tried to, to keep man away from his true identity. Listen to this. In John 10, 33, the Jew, Jews replied to, and they were speaking to Jesus. They said, we are stoning you not for any good work, they replied, but for blasphemy. They were speaking to Jesus right now because you, you claim to be a mere man. And you claim to be God. This, this scripture stood out for me because it says here four things. Nothing in the physical can reveal your true identity. It's you, but it's not you. Not your possessions, not your clothes, not your car, not your house. The second one is the man that God created in Genesis who is in the likeness or the image of God is not flesh, but spirit. The third one is when Jesus died on the cross, he was not dying for our flesh. He was dying for your spirit. And the last one is knowing your true identity is to know who you spiritually are. And then as I clo- I'd like to close with this uh, Psalm, Psalm 33. And it says here in verse 13, the, looks, the, God, the Lord looks from heaven 
He sees all the sons of men. What does the Lord do? He sees all the sons of men. Verse 14. From the place of his dwelling, he looks on all inhabitants of the earth. Verse 15. He fashions their heart individually. And he considers all their work. Now you might say, Pastor, why are you bringing this scripture in now? I want to say to you, your heart has specifically been fashioned and individually fashioned by God. So there's two concepts that I just want to bring. I want you to know that today God sees you individually. When God looks down from heaven, he doesn't like, if I can use this example, look at, a, at ants running around all over. God sees you individually. Will you remember that? And the other thing is, it says always God will judge us on when we get to heaven. When you are a believer, you can't be judged because your sin has already been taken away from you. But you will be rewarded. Does that make sense for you? Jesus won't die again for our sins. We're living now as new believers in that provision that our Christ, Lord, and Savior has given us. So what I want to say to you this morning is God fashions your heart and he will reward you for what he has placed inside of you personally. Not for what you did for me or for Wayne or for Andre. God fashions that purpose that he has placed in your heart and how you are using that. Isn't that amazing? That still after everything, after we have been rewarded by, by Jesus, after we've been made blameless and made righteous in front of Christ. That's not enough for God. He still wants to, and he is going to reward you in heaven. Amen. Awesome. Thank you so much.